Teller said, Sometimes magic is just someone spending more time on something than anyone else might reasonably expect. This podcast, which aims to be short and to the point, will encourage you to spend more time thinking about your magic and offer suggestions of how to grow as an artistic magician. I'm Ryan Pilling. Welcome to Theory and Thoughts for Magicians. Let's get unreasonable. I'm a 40-year-old man who plays with silk handkerchiefs and does card tricks, but just in case there is any doubt, let me be perfectly clear, I'm not really into sports. Sidious Altius Fortius, the Olympic motto which translates to higher, faster, stronger, sums up all sporting events from my perspective. A bunch of folks get together, do the thing, and measure who did the thing more thingier than anybody else. Did you see that guy do the exact same thing as the other guy, but a hundredth of a second faster? <laughs> wow! My perennial interest in magic is a direct result of not being able to measure which magician is more magicianer. This is what makes magic a pursuit of limitless opportunities, endless inspiration, and unfulfilled potential. There is no one path. The further you go, the more paths you discover. This is both exciting and scary. Like somebody tossed a handful of random pieces from a thousand different puzzles into a box and said, Good luck! Where do you start? Well, you choose. This is one of my fundamental beliefs in life and magic. We are the sum total of our choices. Your magic performances are shaped by the choices you make. The more choices you make, the more unique your performance will be. So to be a better magician is a matter of making better choices. If you were to read a book from your favorite performer, see a trick you love, and copy and paste it into your show, that's basically one choice. The choice to do that trick just like the other guy. For everything else in that routine, you're opting to go along with the multitude of choices made by the creator. The thing is, while those choices may have been right for that person, there are likely better options for you. The routine may call for a classic pass because the originator feels quite confident in their technical ability. For me, trying to do a classic pass would be a poor choice. It would muddle up the smoothness of my routine. Sometimes the choices were made for a bad reason. A trick may use rough and smooth just to make it a sellable, no-skill-required item for the magic shop. Well, anybody with an intermediate card skill would be better served with a regular deck and a double lift. The published choice may not be the best choice for you, 
Making your own choices about your performance will add up to a result totally unique and tailored to you. The common performance advice says, be yourself. This is how to be yourself. You make your own choices. You're already making choices without even knowing it. From the audience perspective, everything that happens in your performance is done that way on purpose, even if it's not. I was watching a performance from a magician who, I can tell, puts a lot of thought into his choices. His costume is a custom-made jacket, his stage setting is carefully lit. It really jumped out to me as a poor choice when he held up a blue sponge ball which unintentionally disappeared against his black blue background on stage. I'm sure it wasn't a conscious choice to use this blue ball, but rather he purchased a mixed bag of multicolored balls and used one of each for his performance. The bad ball snuck in through this larger choice to use a variety of colors, and it wasn't considered on its own merit. I'm sure at some point he'll notice or be alerted to this camouflaged color effect, and it will become a conscious choice, and a change will likely be made. Maybe use a lighter shade of blue, or change his backdrop, change his lighting, or just remove that blue ball. It doesn't much matter what the choice is, so much that a choice is made. create a uniquely personal performance, you have to question everything. It begins with the big questions like, why am I doing this routine? What am I trying to say? And it goes all the way down to minutia, such as, would the switch work better if the deck was placed on the right side rather than the left? Assume nothing. Challenge everything. The regular way of doing things may not be the best route for your specific circumstances. Great discoveries await those who dare venture forth. The more attention and thought given to these moments of choice, the better they'll fit you and be the tailor for your own suit. This is how you can put yourself into your magic. Make so many thoughtful choices that nobody but you could come up with the unique combination of decisions that form your routine. If you currently perform the linking rings, you must have learned it from somewhere. So how similar is your performance to that original source? How many choices have you made along the way? How many rings do you use? And why? Is it because Di Vernon used six? Well, then it's not your choice. Unless you know why Vernon did it that way and agree with his reasoning. Do you perform it gracefully? Or do you fumble for comedic effect? Do you talk at all? What do you say? 
your words add to the impact? What do you most emphasize? Is it the magical effect? Maybe the history? How do you structure your routine so the end is still surprising? Richard Ross became a legend of the Linking Rings when he chose to perform it without making any noise at all. Mike Caveney created an entirely new trick when he chose to use coat hangers rather than rings. Harry Anderson opted for a short routine. Once you've linked two rings, he says, you better think about wrapping things up. You've done it. Make a few pretty passes and get home early. All choices have an expiry date. When you're on stage, you must commit fully to your choices. Plant your flag and stand with the utmost confidence. Wishy-washy commitment makes for a half-hearted performance. Doubting your choices on stage is a weakness. Once the curtain falls, however, doubting your choices becomes a strength. You're evaluating what worked, what could be improved, and once again viewing all choices through questioning eyes. You've likely witnessed a performance which was past its prime. We humans change. The world changes around us. The choices we made 10 years ago may no longer be appropriate for ourselves or our audience. It's worth a second look and an outside perspective to watch out for those old choices which have become worn and ragged. The performers we admire are the sum total of a long series of strong choices. With every decision, they choose to be more fun, more amazing, and more unique. If you focus too much on the destination, it can all feel a little overwhelming. I look down the road and see so much work yet to be done, so much progress to be made. So take a breath. One choice at a time. Incremental progress. Make a choice, commit to it, put it on the stage. One choice will lead to another, and another. Take a risk and experiment. You can always make a new choice later on. You're about 10 strong choices away from seriously leveling up in your magic. So where are you going to start? Thank you for listening to Theory and Thoughts for Magicians. I hope I sparked something in you. I love the opportunity to share my experience and creative experiments with my fellow magicians. While this podcast is focused on, well, <laughs> theory and thoughts, I, I also share plenty of practical ideas in my weekly Tips and Tricks for Magicians newsletter. You're welcome to join in at www.magictipsandtricks.com. Dot com.